There are some people who are inclined to spend and some people who are more inclined to be savers. Yeah, like they're physiologically wired to do that. Yeah, like it's in your DNA. It's in like your makeup. And we also found a couple articles about this. And so I think where that comes from for, for me is like me being more of a saver mm-hmm. versus a spender. It's really hard for me to make spending purchases, to make purchases, even when it's something that I need. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. What's up, guys? Welcome to Black and Brown Make Green. I'm Natasha. And I'm Damien. And we are back from our unexpected break. We had an ice storm here in Austin, and the kids were out of school Tuesday through Friday. The trees looked like a tornado came through, and we just couldn't make it happen last week. Yeah, and with our unexpected break comes some unexpected expenses as well. Yes, the ice storm just wreaked havoc on our trees. We have a lot of oak trees. We have an elm tree. And the the ice was just so heavy. The trees were literally touching the ground for several days. We had huge tree branches falling on the roof, and it sounded like thunderous booms. It was just crazy. Yeah. But with that, it cost us a couple grand. Mm-hmm. And honestly, even though we have the money to take care of this expense, it was very hard for me to want to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually so hard, in fact, that, like Natasha said, it looked like a tornado. And we ended up getting a chainsaw and doing the work partially ourselves as much as we could safely do. Because we didn't want to pay that large amount. Yeah, if you could imagine, our front yard and part of the back as well just had tons of tree limbs that were falling. And I'm, I, I, and I don't mean tree limbs. I mean huge tree branches, like our elm tree split in half from the top of the tree. And we had several other huge trees that fell down as well. And if you're on the email list, then you will have seen these pictures because we sent a couple out. If you're not on the email list, then go to blackandbrownmakegreen.com slash subscribe to get on it. But we just had a lot of debris out. And I honestly felt so much anxiety opening the front door and just seeing it covered by trees like you you could not get out the front door without walking several feet around all of the the tree branches that were in our yard but what we really wanted to talk about is the emotions that come along with the spending yeah and i really felt the emotions this week when i was going to hire a contractor to take care of the trees and even though you know, we have this emergency fund and we are very much aware of, well, this is what your emergency fund is for. Like it's there so that you can have access to it. But it's really hard, especially because we just had a really huge storm two years ago here in Austin, a snowstorm. We also had ice and we were without power for multiple days. And during that time, we had a couple trees that fell down that we had to remove or that broke and we had to remove. And so we also had moved into an Airbnb for the time being because we had a three month old at the time. It was freezing inside the house. And so we spent a lot of money at that time in order to get through it. And so it's like 
is every two years are we going to be dealing with an emergency that cost us several thousand dollars? It just feels, ugh, it just yeah. hits my heart. <laughs> it, it, it drudges up those old emotions and it seems like it's going to happen and continue happening, you know, kind of on a regular cadence now. Yeah. And that I'm just going to be completely real. It doesn't feel good to me. Yeah. It doesn't feel good to me. And I know other people have got to be feeling that as well. Like, man, I've built up this emergency fund and now I have to spend it. I don't want yeah. to. Yeah. It's like you work so hard, right? Like you play defense and you build it up to such a good point. And then, you know, you see it being attacked and withering away. Yeah. And one of the things I learned in a book that I'm reading called Money Mammoth is that there are some people who are inclined to spend and some people who are more inclined to be savers. Yeah. Like they're physiologically wired to do that. Yeah. Like it's in your DNA. It's in like your makeup. And we also found a couple articles about this. And so I think where that comes from for, for me is like me being more of a saver mm -hmm. versus a spender, it's really hard for me to make spending purchases, to make purchases, even when it's something that I need. Yeah. Such as in the case where we we had to take care of the trees. We couldn't just leave them literally sitting on top of our roof. We had to get someone to get up there and to, to cut them apart and everything. But, you know, I want to talk about that idea of like spending versus being a saver and what makes you be more inclined to be a spender versus be more inclined to be a saver. Yeah. So what about you, Damien? I, I know that I said that I tend to lean towards being more of a saver. Would you say that you're more of a saver or would you say that you're more of a spender? I'm definitely more of a saver and probably to the same degree that you are. I think that we're very complementary in the way that we approach our money matters. And that's why, you know, like when we try to have a discussion about money, there's a lot of stuff that we don't have to talk about, right? We just kind of jump into the things that, you know, are questionable or unsolved. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the point to where we can move forward with things. I think that being on the same page with our saving has been, it has really worked out well for us because we don't have to discuss that or hash that out. Yeah, I think the fact that we are both tend to be savers versus spenders really helps it to make it easy for us. Yeah. And I can see how it can be so much harder for, for couples who have two different viewpoints when mm -hmm. it comes to how they approach spending. Yeah. Um, because for us, I know like we are very similar, but I can see how if you're a saver and the other person is more of a spender and there's nothing wrong with being a saver or a spender, yeah. you know, it's just, it is what it is. But I, I can see how if one person is one and the other is another, it can be hard to see the other person's point of view. Yeah, definitely. And and that point of view is important, right? Because not only are we similar in that we both are tending towards that saving side of the spectrum versus the spending side of the spectrum, but like when we have a decision to make about some cost, some expense, it's going to be tough for us to make that decision independently, right? Like you were the one seeking out the contractor to cut the trees out and you needed a gentle nudge to to actually go and do it, right? Because I see that debilitating decision ringing in your head, you know, like same with the shoes, right? Like when you had to buy some shoes. Yeah, because I am not much of a spender, I need a push sometimes to do it, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which is good to have someone who's like, hey, it's okay to go and spend that. It's okay to take care of those trees. You know, we need to have this done. Yeah. Even to the point to where 
I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I have a condition called plantar fasciitis where I have feet problems where I get a lot of pain in my feet. And when I went to the podiatrist, he recommended me to purchase a certain type of shoes that were going to be more supportive and to get orthotics (laughs) so that I could have the, the inserts that support my feet. And it literally took me three months to buy those shoes. Wait a second. You didn't buy them. (laughs) No, you didn't buy them. That's what I was going to say. So I did actually even buy them. I kept thinking about them and knowing that I needed to buy them, but it was literally Damien that went to the website. It was you. (laughs) I snatched up the paper off her desk that had the recommendation of the shoes to buy. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to wait any longer. What's your size? And I just went and bought the ones that I thought, you know, looked the best. But it's all part of my brain, according to this research that we came across that talks about this. Yeah. So do you want to talk more about the brain and how like some people make decisions from different parts of the brain? Yeah. According to the articles, look, we're not medical doctors or anything like that, but you can see this happening, right? Like you could see that this could be true. The according to the articles we read, people like us that tend to save more beyond that saving side of the spectrum they operate more out of the insula part of the brain. And that's, you know, a part that is associated with pain and disgust. So it's like, it's a part of your brain that makes you feel self-aware and helps you make decisions. It makes you, you're deciding based on the pain you feel from spending. Yeah. So like the pain of paying for something drives you to want to not spend on it. It's like, oh, and that's the feeling that I have. Like, oh, but I don't want to lose this money. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) And then there's a, there's another there's a, you know from the other end of the spectrum there's another part of the brain that is kind of the is the one that's helping make those decisions for the people that like to spend and that one's the nucleus accumbens and that's the feel good part of the brain is what these articles say so it's like people that enjoy spending right like they they you get re- joy yeah, from spending it's you a get release pleasure to them. from yeah. it but also even for people who are who are savers they could be operating from this same part of the brain, but from the opposite standpoint of they're getting joy from saving, like yeah. saving makes them feel good. Or, or even like when it comes to spending, we want to get a good deal. Yeah. So we get pleasure from getting a good deal. So, oh, I feel okay spending now because it was on sale. Mm-hmm. I know I grew up that way. I mean, my, my mom, we always shopped on sales. So, yeah. so for me, I thought spending whenever it's a sale, like, yeah, I'm getting a good deal. Yeah. I need to get this. I remember that being like a point of discussion when we first started dating. It was like, oh, I want to go to the mall and, and we're going to get stuff on sale. I was like, but we don't need anything. We don't need to buy anything. But it's a good deal. <laughs> Versus me, you know, who are like, I'll, I'll rarely ever buy anything. But if I do, it's usually something that is expensive and will last a long time. But I think it's important for us to be aware of what causes us to spend or to not spend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're spending on things that are going to last a long time and you're, you're spending from a long lasting standpoint, but then there's also that emotional part of, you know, I feel, I don't feel good when I spend money. It doesn't bring me joy or I just feel like, uh, I'm, I'm, I could be saving so much more. Like there's this pain that's associated with it. Or, Or there's this joy of like, I'm saving. I feel good about saving or I feel good about spending. You know, I, I, I feel good. It, it's nice to go and shop and just treat yourself. And so I think it's important to understand like what part of the brain you're kind of approaching things from Yeah. to be aware of if you tend to be more of a spender or a saver, because on both sides of the spectrum, you can go too far. Yeah, definitely. And you have to figure out how can you find the balance between spending and saving? Yeah. 
And so once you realize like, okay, I'm, I'm a super saver or I'm a super spender, then you can adjust your habits and adjust the way that you do things so that you can get more aligned into a balanced place of like, okay, I can spend and I can save. I can do both of these things. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Natasha. Would you say that the way that you spend or the way that you save is identical to your parents? So like, is this a taught behavior? That's interesting that you say that because when I was reading the articles, I thought of the idea of nurture versus nature. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are things that there are reasons why we make decisions based off of our past experiences. And so I don't think it's necessarily just based on the brain when it comes to how you make your spending choices. I do think that part of it is also what type of environment did you grow up in? What type of exposure or what type of things are you exposed to now in your environment? Um, So I don't think it's just brain based. I kind of think that it's a combination for for me. Yeah, no, that's interesting that you say that because one of the reasons why I think that I'm like, I need to buy something that is going to last me a long time is because I didn't have access to a bunch of stores, you know, because my town was very rural mm-hmm. and remote. So it's like, oh, every, every now and then we're going to go to the store. If you're going to get something, you need to make it last. And same for me. I feel like I learned to be frugal from my parents. Yeah. Like they were savers and they were people who would buy things on discounts. Even if it was quality stuff, they were still seeking yeah, yeah. out a discount. And and so honestly, I feel like some of that is learned for me. And and I've had to learn how to spend as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now. now yeah, exactly. Because now that you're an adult and you can make your own decisions. It's like, okay, now you have the ability to have free reign over your entire spending approach and, and you could choose whatever you want. You can choose to change if you want. Yeah. And what I noticed for me is that I tend to deny myself of things, even when I need them, like when I needed the shoes. Yeah. Instead of going and buying shoes, that is going to help me for my health. Like I still couldn't buy them. And so I've had to figure out how do I shift in my brain to make myself be okay with spending. Yeah. So, and I'll give you an example. One of the things that, you know, that we added into our monthly thing is that we go on date nights. Every other week we go on a date night. Yeah. And right now we're spending a little bit more because we put our youngest son into daycare for full time. And and so sometimes I look at the account, I look at the the budget and I'm like, well, we could just skip date night and we could save that money that we're going to spend on going out. Yeah. And then I have to remember, like, no, we need this date night for our sanity. We need this for our relationship. We need this for connection. And so I have to talk myself into spending on things that that really still that I need to spend on. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to overlook the things that aren't required, obviously. Right. Like the gas and the lights and stuff. But then they're required for, you know, for your sanity. Yes. Yes, you you can't deny yourself things to where you're not enjoying life. Yeah. Where you're not staying sane. And that's been a work in progress for me. Yeah. And then I think there are also people on the opposite end where they are spending so much that things are not being taken care of or they're going into debt or something like that. And I think that that's something that they would have to work on as well. It's like, okay, how can I go from the opposite end of spending more than I should to bringing it more into, okay, I'm saving and I'm spending mm-hmm. versus just being on one end of the spectrum. So so with that though, what kind of decision-making rationale do you use to decide that beforehand? What do you mean? So like if you're about to approach a purchase or l- let's say a big purchase, or if you're about to go shopping, like 
what are some things you can ask yourself to to help you like rationalize that purchase? So for example, we're on the saving side. How do we make sure that we get the things we need? And if we're on the spending side, how do we make sure that we keep things in check and have our goals still met that we've said that we are trying to hit? Okay. So from the saving side, because I tend to be on the saving side, I think it's just this constant reminder of you have enough. You have more than enough to purchase this thing. You're not going into debt in order to purchase this thing. And just reminding myself, like, you're okay. And there's no reason to deny yourself. And also that reminder of you don't know when your life is going to end. What are you saving all this money for and not spending any of it? Like spend it now, go on the date night, go on the vacation, do these things because because you may not even get to enjoy it if you keep saving and waiting until later on. Yeah. So it's like trying to find a balance and just trying to remind myself of the importance of being balanced and not being one sided. Yeah, definitely. I like that. What about you? Do you have any other ideas of what you can do to make these purchase decisions? You know, for me, it. It's weird because I, I suffer from the same thing that I mentioned about, you know, like me having to go and get the shoes for you, right? Making a purchase for me is difficult. And I'll give you an example. I, I had wanted a keyboard for the longest time with the drum pads on it, you know, so I could do some music production, teach the kids how to do music production. And in order to do that, first I had to get a keyboard, right? And I've been thinking about this for years, for about probably three years. And I could just never make the decision to, to go out and buy one. And I, I, you know, it would have been so easy to just go out and buy one. I knew the exact one that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I just waited and waited and waited. And finally, one night I said, I'm done. I'm going to buy this thing. I didn't even ask. You know, usually we we talk to each other before we make a big-ish purchase like that. I didn't even ask. I just bought it. But the thing is, is usually we ask, right? We talk to each other about our purchases or desires to, to purchase something. And... Then we hash it out, you know, like we talk about what what things could go wrong, what things should we think about. And I guess the the thing that I'm really getting to is that it's distilling down to you need an accountability partner. If you can find one, you know, talk to a friend. I think that's pretty important because somebody else can give you insight into your own self that you can't necessarily see in the heat of the moment. Yeah. So having someone to provide encouragement if you are more of a saver and and because sometimes you don't see it for yourself of yeah. like you're just saving and you're being a penny pitcher, penny, penny pincher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so having someone who knows your situation and yeah. they're like encouraging you to to have a little fun. Yeah. It could be a friend. It could be your partner. You know, it could be your parents, whatever, whoever it is. You know, it's, it's useful to have somebody play that role for you. Yeah. And so then from the spender, the super spender side. What are some of those things that people can do? Let's talk a little bit about that. For for that, I think that there are mechanisms to put some friction to the spending. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that I've seen are like people that will literally take their credit cards and remove them from, you know, immediate access, right? Like I've heard of people freezing them in the freezer. So you have to let them thaw, you know, for however long it takes for a block of ice to, to thaw, right? Yeah. I know one of the things that I've worked on with some of my clients is having them set up a different accounts for different purchases. So they might have one account that's for their bills and subscriptions, all of that stuff. And they'll have one account that's spend on whatever you want to spend it on. But mm-hmm. then they can see in there, okay, I have 
$200 a week to spend on anything I want, or I have $500 a week to spend on anything I want. And that gives them the boundaries they need yeah. to stay within spending limits. So like that's one option you can set up of, of figuring out what's your spending limit and then making it easy for you to be able to see when you have spent, how much you've spent along the way to spending towards your limit. I like that. That, that to me is like the scientific method, which is what I'm all about <laughs> as of late, because you get visibility into, into your finances and it, it sets up those bumper lanes for you because you know, you make the you make the decision to allocate a certain amount to to that, right? And then after you make the decision to do it, you stick to it with some visibility, right? Like you you have to see into it, you have to peer into it. It's like going to the doctor and they have all those instruments to help, you know, help them assess the situation. Yeah, I think that doctors have tools and systems in place to help you solve your problems. And I think you can apply that same mechanism to your finances as well. Yeah. And then the other thing I was thinking about that could help spenders and savers is to tie your spending to your values. Yeah. And we had that episode recently where we talked about how do you determine what your values are. And if your your spending is tied to your values, then it's going to help guide you to make a purchase decision or to not make a purchase decision. Yeah. Because you may realize, oh, well, this particular thing I'm spending on right now, I don't really want to spend my, my money on that because I'm really trying to save for more vacations right. or time with friends or whatever it is. And so tying it back to your values, I think, is a good way also to help you get more in alignment with being in the middle of spending versus saving. Yeah, being in the middle, having that balance, right? That's the important key. Yeah. And there was a line in one of the articles that I really liked that kind of summed up this idea of having that balance. Yeah. And it said, go ahead, let that nucleus accumbens, however you say that word, <laughs> and mm -hmm. insula arrive at a happy truce. Your finances will thank you. Yeah. And I think that's the goal for me, at least, is to try to allow my spending and my saving to arrive at a happy truce. Yeah. So that I'm not spending too much, but I'm also not saving too much. And I'm living a life that's joyful and fulfilling. Yeah. All right. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. Join us for the next one. And let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together.